Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. All right, I'm just going to, yeah, I'm just going to turn this down. Uh, That's a good move. Yeah. That. Just turning off the music. Um, we're going to try to proceed with a, uh, a, a show that's we're going to, ha- obviously we're going to have a couple of, uh, commercial <laughs> breaks, so- but I don't, I don't know. Sorry. What I'm just, I'm, I can't, I'm reading the tweet from David Duke. God David bless Donald Duke. Trump. It's time to do the right thing. It's time to take America back. Oh, Jesus God. It is uh, November 9th, the day after election day, the day after, uh, half of America decided Donald Trump should be president of the United States. We live in a country now where you can behave as badly as Donald Trump. You can be as phenomenally cartoonish and destructive as, as Donald utterly, Trump. As utterly incompetent. Incompetent and every negative adjective you can come up with, and you can still become president of the United States. That is the threshold that has been opened in the last 24 hours. Uh, that is what has occurred. We're starting the show now. It's about eight o'clock uh, uh, West Coast time. Uh, Hillary Clinton, as we speak, is, uh, I assume, presenting her concession speech. Um, I, I don't know where to begin. There's so many things to say, so many things to to go over here uh, with regard to the election of Donald Trump. I mean, I, I don't. I, it feels surreal. It feels like this is some sort of horrible prank. At some point, someone's going to break into the cable news telecasts and go, sorry, gotcha. (laughs) And then we'll all say, oh, you jokers. And Hillary Clinton will be president. Um, But uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I I do want to say at the top of the show, as a uh, as a white man, as a white straight man, I'm sorry. I'm, (laughs) I'm sorry. White men across this country um have kind of screwed the world and i uh, yeah. take take yeah. kind of out of that white men across this country have screwed the world and it's because and and as near as i can tell Chaz, uh, the only re- the only explanation i can come up with for all of this is there were a a, a huge number of white people in this country who were so utterly disgusted with the idea of having a black president that they lashed out in the most insane way possible. And they were additionally disgusted with the idea of following that black president with a female president. They were disgusted by what they see as the changing face of America and their own loss of power. That's right. That's they right. wanted to reassert the hierarchy the way that it, it has been for you know a generation, yeah. two generations, whatever the hell it is. This is uh, this is about people who don't fully understand the process. They don't fully understand the delicate nature of the system. Um, and if they did, this wouldn't have happened. Uh, you know, you could pick anybody. You could pick any Republican. I don't care how conservative that Republican is, and they wouldn't be the kind of unpredictable, destabilizing nightmare that the Donald Trump presidency is going to be. Yeah, I am... Um Last night, yeah. last night was the worst night I've spent following politics, at least since 2004. Perhaps the worst news day that I've had to uh, follow closely since Sandy Hook or 
Um, it was one of those days. And it was partly because what I'm envisioning is an America in which we're going to see um, all kinds of destruction. Um, so destabilizing will the Donald Trump presidency be. Um, the only thing that's keeping me hopeful at this point um, that that will not occur is that the outside, the narrow outside chance that Donald Trump is going to surround himself with competent men and women. Yeah, right. Newt Gingrich and Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. Attorney, two lunatics. Attorney General Rudy Giuliani. Secretary of State Newt Gingrich. That's it's just, yeah. Newt Gingrich, Newt Gingrich, who wrote uh, a series of books in which he imagined the Confederacy winning the Civil War. I don't know if anyone knows that, but it's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's uh, there were a lot of people talking on, on Twitter last night uh, about um, about the reaction to Reconstruction after the Civil War and how Reconstruction, once it was ended, was followed by 100 years of Jim Crow. and KKK and lynchings and things like that. The backlash was tremendous. And I see this, I see this election as a white backlash against not just black America, not just minority America, but liberal America. This is also a backlash against um, all the progress that's, that's been made. Make no mistake. There's part of this. It's a backlash against the fact that there was a liberal african-american president who was actually successful interesting interesting how uh, interesting how the republican candidate won this election while the sitting democratic president had an approval rating that was higher than reagan's at this point yeah um just going back to what i was saying about how this was the worst uh, night of political coverage i've had to i've had to deal with uh for a long time i re- i was starting to recognize um some hints of 2000 2004 it just felt like that it felt like a combination of those two election nights and when i started to see the exit polls coming in and certain demographic groups were underperforming yeah. that's when i started to worry and then ah you know look exit polls can be wrong you know exit polls it's early Exit polls can be uh, a little bit scattered and not necessarily an accurate predictor of what's going to happen. And and then the the returns started coming in. And uh, when I uh, when Virginia finally went to Hillary Clinton, there was a glimmer of temporary hope there. And then I started to look at Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. And I, I got to be honest, I was scratching my head in terms of. How is this even accurate? I mean, I'll be further honest and go, is this, is, did someone hack the returns? This is so beyond what anyone foresaw. And I know there are a lot of pollsters covering their asses this morning saying, well, we were, you know, it was within the margin of error and so on. No one called those states. No one was saying Pennsylvania. No one was saying that um, Maine and New Hampshire were going to take so long to, to be called. Certainly Wisconsin. I mean, you can say that maybe there was a fringe number of people, maybe probably within the Trump campaign, who were looking at Michigan and going, well, Michigan may, might be uh, poachable. But no one serious actually thought, looking at the numbers, that Michigan was going to be a serious issue. Michael Moore evidently did. <laughs> but very few people uh, who were actually looking at the math 
saw Michigan as a problem. And, and then I'm like, how? And, and then it occurred to me that this election really, uh, in, in addition to being a, a repudiation of the previous president and, and the accompanying liberalism that went along with that, it was also a matter of, of nihilism. We've been talking about this for a long time on the show. This is a matter of, uh, of a breakdown in the system. The fact that Donald Trump got that far was a breakdown in the system. The fact that he became the nominee was a breakdown in the system. The fact that he was able to maintain at least some level of, uh, of life, political life in the, in the midst of one uh, horrible thing after another was a breakdown in the system. The fact that he won last night shook everything to its core. I mean, things that we assume all along, um, crowd sizes, yard signs. I mean, things that we were looking at, they're going, yeah, it's bullshit. These are all things that happen. The polls, all the pollsters broke down. Even Nate, Nate Silver, who was the closest to being right about all of this, not, not even Nate Silver was looking at Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. And then, uh, and then as soon as we entered that gray area, that part of the evening where we're looking at, we're, we're picking through the remnants of precinct to precinct in Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Hopefully, well, maybe they'll get a few votes there. Maybe they'll get a few votes over there. As soon as that started happening and Hillary Clinton was still behind and there was no narrowing of the gap, it was, it was obvious to me and I think everyone else watching in that, that it was going to be uh, a terrible, terrible result. A terribly destabilizing result. I can't emphasize that enough. You know, we talk a lot about policy and and the uh, left-right divide in terms of, well, the left wants low, uh, higher taxes and the right wants lower taxes and we're pro-choice and they're pro-life. And there's, there's an aspect, as I was saying on Stephanie Miller's uh, show this morning, there's an aspect of this that, that reaches beyond policy. Policy is just a minuscule aspect of all this. If this was just a matter of a policy debate, and this was, say, for example, George W. Bush in 2004, um, and there wasn't the unpredictable, erratic Donald Trump character in the midst of all of this, uh, I would be a lot more, or I would say a lot less uh, uh, upset at this point, a lot less concerned. That's certainly... uh, that's certainly one way to put it. Um, but the fact that there's going to be all of the policy things, plus all of the unpredictable things that we can't... Is Donald Trump going to put his name on the fucking White House? I don't know. No one knows. No one knows how he's going to govern because he has not told us. His foreign policy outline last night during his victory speech was something like, we're going to have the best relationships ever. That was, his for- that was the foreign policy section of the uh, Donald Trump acceptance speech last night. We're going to have very, very good relationships. Well, he was right about one thing. My head is spinning. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone's head is spinning. I just get, again, it was so bizarre, but at the same time, so, so completely familiar. I I hate this country. Yeah. I hate this country. I despise whatever the hell we are, this failed experiment in democracy. We are, um, we, we aren't fit to govern ourselves. We are a threat to the world. We are, uh, we are a disaster. We are Putin won by proving that democracy doesn't work. And we are, uh, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, what you said about 
it going beyond policy. I, I don't know how to explain to my daughter that that the bad guy won. I mean, the bad guy. The bad guy. Not, again, yeah. this is not a matter of policy. This is not mm-hmm. a matter of, oh, you know what? I disagree with your, your take on the world. That's uh, fine. Yep. I can disagree with you and still think that you're a somewhat reasonable, uh, respectable, decent human being. Um, this is not that. This is this is this is somebody who, you know, it's as crazy as it sounds. I think we're probably, I guess, we're each going to latch on to our own little bit of hell in this, our own little thing that 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 we can't get past. Yeah. And I think the thing that I can't get past more than anything else in this is just the notion, because it's something that just makes me so angry and makes me want to lash out just in in inexplicable ways is the idea that all of this started because Barack Obama insulted Donald Trump and yeah. now he has gotten the last laugh he has taken revenge and that's the thing that I have to try to explain to my 8-year-old daughter I have to try to tell her you know what or I have to try to 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 make her understand that yeah you know what this this small-minded tiny charactered piece of Mm-hmm. was felt that his his you know his honor had been uh, demeaned by Barack Obama back in what was it 2011 whatever the hell it was and so he 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 got revenge and i can't i can't wrap my head around that i can't wrap my head around that that's where we are now we are we are a failed state you know, I, I said that last night, and I'm, I'm sure I'll write something about it when I finally get my wits about me again. But yeah, I mean, we're we're a failed state. We're a rogue nation now. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, there there's a ch- there's an outside chance that we could get through this okay and and emerge just fine. I mean, our friend Chris Lavoy uh, posted something on on Facebook along these lines, and I think uh, I, I I certainly agree that. I, I, there's a there's a strong shot that that we get through this without any major 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 catastrophes. Although I'm 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 sort of ambivalent on that too. Uh, Do you really believe that? Uh, yeah, you know, I don't I, I don't know. Um, but the fact is that the precedent that this sets has opened this giant gap, this this hole in the system that all kinds of horrible things are just going to waltz on through. It's like uh, in Ghostbusters where they they uh, tur- shut down the containment grid and all the fucking crazy ghosts go bursting out of the Ghostbusters headquarters. It's, it's kind of like that. The, the Ghostbusters metaphor of, uh, you know, ho- horrible, horrible things being unleashed by Donald Trump. And again, long-term ramifications in terms of how we view the presidency, how we view institutions, how we view polls, how we view our place in the world, how we view, um, you know, the American ideal, how we view standards of decency and decorum in the United States. We have a reality show star as a president. This is, you know, it's funny. This is, we're, we're an idioc, we are idiocracy. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. This is, this is the door that opens up and this country is th- a joke. Now this th- country is a global joke through it. President Camacho and uh, Brando <laughs> Brando slides on through that, uh, that big opening. I mean, it is uh, that I, I, if I'm someone elsewhere in the world, I'm going, yeah, 
they are a joke. They just did this. And you know what? There's there's something that I don't even know how to place it at this point. But the fact that Donald Trump did not win the popular vote, that is um, a bit of sunshine in all of this. I don't know if there is any sun. There's very, very little. A speck, maybe, that he didn't win the popular vote. And that he will not have a governing mandate. If the if, the if the rules, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He has a governing mandate because he has complete. The Republicans, Republicans have complete control of the country. That's right. Um, and and he, will he even care that he doesn't have a governing mandate? Will he even care that uh, he's got very little political capital going into this, knowing that part of his campaign was to fight his own party? So not even members, I mean, certainly there are a lot of Republicans right now who are rationalizing this, who are saying it's okay, this is fine. We're going to get, we're going to try to get uh, conservative justices on the Supreme Court. We're going to try to do some things um, and they're rationalizing it. And I think I want to caution them against that. I think you got to keep your heads. The never Trump Republicans need to keep your heads about this guy and realize who he is and what he's going to do before you try to rationalize him. Um, I think along those lines, uh, and, and there is, is one bit of hope in all of this. And, uh, I, I think that hope, and I, and I'm really trying to focus on this. I'm trying to, I'm personally, I mean, a lot of what we're going to be talking about in the coming days. So we're going to, we're going to be taking next week off. We just need next week off to, to refuel, especially now. Um, but one of the main things that we're going to be talking about going forward is our personal experiences dealing with uh, the Donald Trump presidency. And um, the one thing that I want, the one thing that was cold comfort last night, watching the returns come in, I was up, you know, we're, we're on the West Coast, so I was able to stay up pretty late, see everything. I, I turned everything off after Trump's speech. Um, but I kept thinking about one word and it's the f word quite honestly not yeah or or any variation of i'm talking about filibuster and the the reality is the harsh reality for donald trump and the republican party is they only got 51 senators it's going to turn out probably 51 49 after all is said and done i think louisiana and new hampshire are still out on the senate side um so it's right now it's 5147 could end up being 5149 could end up being uh 52 but regardless they don't have a filibuster proof majority so when it comes to something like obamacare and that's you know obviously for me that's deeply personal i have an obamacare insurance policy i, I, I yeah, bought my insurance too. through the california exchange me too and uh and i'm thinking well that's gone uh, will will my insurer uh, maintain my insurance policy, or are they going to boot me off because I have a pre-existing condition because I was hit by a car in 2007? I don't know. You were hit by a car in 2007? Yeah, I was riding my bike in 2007. How did I not know that? <laughs> yeah, so a guy made a sharp right-hand turn right in front of me, and I smashed into the car. Was it Donald Trump? I actually fractured my vertebrae. I actually fractured my T11. Sucks. It was Donald Trump. Yeah, it was Donald Trump driving. But I mean, Pepe the Frog. <laughs> that's right. I was. Uh, that was not a fun time, and uh, I had just lost my insurance uh, maybe six months prior to that. So great timing. 
And so Obamacare saved my health in a, in a way. I, I mean, I'm a relatively healthy guy. I don't need a whole lot of medical care right now, but I do some things that will probably have some sort of ramifications at some point. We all do. We get in a car, we're, we're risking our health. Um, but here's the thing when it comes to Obamacare, th- there is the filibuster. And Donald Trump can still do something with executive orders. He can still try to shut this or that down with yeah, executive you, orders. You don't, you don't, this is somebody, oh, whatever. Who cares? But legislatively. What the fuck am I arguing about? I, I don't know. I mean, but legislatively, he's not going to be able to get a repeal of Obamacare past the United States Senate. The, the Democrats will filibuster. Likewise, remember when we were all talking about uh, how terrible it'd be if the Republicans filibustered Supreme Court nominees for the next four years, or at least maybe, well, the next two years. <laughs> Seems like a pretty good idea now, doesn't it? Mm. And I'm fully recognizing the oh, irony yeah. and hypocrisy of me saying that. Oh no, I'm also I'm also a very you know I live in, we we you and I live in California, so I'm I'm very much uh, suddenly I'm I'm on to the uh, to the very southern idea of not letting the federal government run your life. Like fuck you, man. Yeah. You know, I think somebody on Twitter wrote last night, I'm going to build a wall along uh, California's eastern border and I'm going to make Florida pay for it. Yeah. I mean, look, I was thinking about moving. I'm probably still going to move back to the East Coast at some point in the next uh, year, year and a half. But being in California right now, I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of comforting. I mean, it's I mean, emotionally, it's comforting to know that I'm in uh, a state that is prospering under uh, liberal uh, leadership. And is prospering in, in so many other ways because of that. Um, that's nice to know. It's nice to know. It's a safe feeling in a way. California, Chaz, just became our safe space. Hmm. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of people out there. I mean, you talk about a feeling of, of being surrounded by people who do not share your values. I mean, that's one of the things that uh, keeps circulating through my head. There are a million things circulating through my head right now, so I apologize for maybe the, the scattered nature of today's show. I We're have obviously to, I have to travel um, in in twenty four hours. Yeah, I have to travel, and I'll be in the in the middle of the country, and, and I have no desire to go. Yeah, I I don't because I really you know I didn't I I was ne- I was man I was never the elitist type when it came to that kind of thing. I mean, yeah, I joke a little bit, but. You know, I was somebody, especially I remember during the uh, 2008 election, I wrote a lot about how how angered it made me that Sarah Palin especially tried to sort of pit uh, the, you know, the uh, rural America against urban America. And by the way, this is this is like if Sarah Palin won the presidency. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, far worse. Um and and but last night last night I just you know I sat at sat at a bar with some with some people I didn't know who suddenly became friends, <laughs> and um and yeah I was just like you know what there's there's a vast swath between the coasts that is just fucking idiots yeah just fucking morons yeah. they just don't realize. And you know who's going to be on the front lines? Yeah, and you know what? And I'm not going to feel I'm not going to feel bad about saying that either. No, I not at all. That that's somewhat counterproductive to say, you know, because we are supposed to listen to them. We're supposed to listen to them and their concerns. And I'm like, no, you know what? F- you, you bigoted piece of. Absolutely, Jesus Christ! I mean, what are we supposed? We're supposed to not p- place accountability where it's deserved. I mean, they th- basically the uh, all of the Trump voters 
who elected him president, just to, just uh, came very, very close, and if not actually accomplishing this, t- taking away our health insurance. Yeah, I mean, you can't. I mean, there are conservatives on Twitter right now who are going around saying, "Well, now you know how it felt when Obama was elected." No, you know what? Obama didn't take away your. Shit. Yeah, and 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 more and more than yeah, exactly. He never took away your guns. He never took away never, and moaning. Never took away your guns. Never took away your basic rights. Right. Never took and away gave you and gave you two dollar a gallon gas. That's five, right. You know, five percent unemployment. Right. That's the thing. That's yeah. what it all comes down to. Yeah. For all of their bitching and moaning and whining and screaming like the little fucking children they are, he didn't do. Shit that hurt them if anything he created you know the most the most he did to offend them was offending them was saying you know what gay people they have a right to get married yeah um uh black people should be treated the same as everybody else women should be treated the same as everybody else apparently america could not handle that yeah well you know when it comes to the trump supporters i am going to be just as hard on them as as i have been throughout the campaign because I think they're wrong. I think they're horribly, horribly stupid and misinformed. And I'm going to continue to say that. Um, the people who I'm not going to attack. Oh, yeah. I've, I, I will say this now. I've, I've started dropping people on Facebook. People who, oh, yeah. I, people who I tolerated. Yeah. Even good friends of mine. Yeah. My attitude is, my attitude is legitimately. And I, I, don't, I don't see it as uh, playing politics or being petty. I actually see it as exactly the opposite. I see it as putting my money where my mouth is. Yeah. I, I have... A, I am I am viscerally angry about this, and so if you in any way help to make it make make this happen, I want nothing to do with you. Yeah. Go f- yourself. Yeah, they just they just made American society deeply deeply toxic, and and it's also extremely personal for, for so many of us who who did better, who recovered. I mean, I, I still remember quite distinctly how badly the Great Recession completely. F- me over and to to think that there's a really solid chance of a similar recession if not a deeper recession occurring again because donald trump is completely effing incompetent is certainly something that is uh is weighing on me heavily right now um but as i you know as i was saying i'm going to lay blame where it is deserved but the one group that i'm not going to go after because i think there's a greater good to be had here the the group that I'm not going to go after, nor am I going to blame, are the Bernie people uh, or the Jill Stein people or the Gary Johnson people. You're even not. though I am. Even though, them. well, even though numerically there's there's something to be said there. But I'm absolutely going to blame them. Uh, I've but, been blaming them since the very beginning, so f*** that. I'm totally blaming them. Well, that's fine. And, and, and I'm not going to, obviously, I'm not going to disagree with you. But I do think that, um, I do think there's something to be said for building some form of unity right now on the left in order to in order to reinforce and backstop anyone whether it's never trump republicans or or democrats whether they're moderates center left liberal democrats bernie sanders whoever who is going to stand up to this tyrant to this cartoon dictator who is going to try to ruin america in the process of trying to make it great again somehow and that means reinforcing uh, uh, leaders in Congress, leaders at every level of government, every level of the media who stand up and say no to this man. And that, and that includes, by the way, Trump insiders, people inside the White House who hopefully at some point will block Donald Trump from his worst instincts, who will say, no, Mr. Trump, Mr. President, you're not going to do that. 
who will put their body in front of him to block him from making horrible decisions. I mean, we forget now Donald Trump, President Donald Trump will be overseeing the CIA. He'll be overseeing the NSA, the FBI, the Internal Revenue Service, uh, the American Armed Forces, our nuclear arsenal. These will, these will be things that Donald Trump will now be running. And together or individually, any one of these things can be a nightmare for you, for me, for Chez, for everyone. I mean, who knows? Is this going to be a character? And every indication that we've had so far means that he will be. But is it going to be a character who uh, makes enemies lists? Probably. Of course. Probably. Who is he going to go after first? If what's, I was, what's the old quote? What's the uh, the my the Maya Angelou quote? When someone tells you who they are, believe them. Yeah, he has spent he has spent years telling us who he is. Yeah, there will be members of the press who will be audited, if not uh, incarcerated for some ridiculous charge. Not completely obvious that it's coming from Trump. There will be people who will be disappeared. And and don't sit there and tell me, ah, you know what? Let's wait and see. He may be okay. No. What indication do you have whatsoever for that analysis? You have to imagine the worst from this guy. And then do whatever you can to support any American who says, no, Mr. Trump, we are not going to do that. I can't em- emphasize how important that is. You know what we've got coming up in two years? It's, you know, it's, it seems... Almost ridiculous to look ahead this far, much less four years. But two years from now, we've got midterms. The divide in Congress right now, uh, very narrow in the House, certainly within uh, you know a hair's width in the Senate. The best thing that normals, rational Americans can do right now is start to rally around other normals, especially those in leadership. Uh, in, a, in a sense of unity. I mean, the, the worst, uh, maybe the worst thing that could happen is if the left starts effing playing grab ass like we've been doing the last eight years, undermining ourselves, undermining our own efforts to, uh, to support the Obama administration, to support the Hillary Clinton campaign. I mean, the, the, I, I can't even imagine being uh, a year from now and sitting here and having to write columns in which I'm saying, oh, there goes the progressives again, not backing up Chuck Schumer or whoever in the Senate because well, they don't is, like X, is, Y, and Z. But this is, this is something that I've, I've been saying for a while. And I've, granted, I admit that I've turned a lot of my ire on millennials. But I think that it, it does fit now. Like, you know, it's interesting. Again, while I was sitting at the bar last night, I was watching. And a couple, couple of people there were millennials. Mm-hmm. And they were really despondent. And I'm just, and all I could think is obviously not these particular kids. I don't fucking, I don't know what their, you know, what their thing is, you know. But just in general, this this left wing cannibalism, self cannibalism. Yeah. This left wing. Oh my god, we're gonna get upset over the tiniest little thing and pitch a fucking fit when it's like, you know, you do that and you risk missing the really big picture. And so, you know, I always said, I'm like, you guys don't know what real hurt is. You don't know what real loss is, what real, what genuine oppression is. Oppression that, that, you know, stamps, you know, just, just puts you underfoot. You know, this is, somebody says something offensive on Twitter and you lose your fucking mind. 
that's not that's not oppression. You're not oppressed. In fact, if you have the ability to be angry over that, it proves you're not oppressed. It proves that you have a certain amount of privilege. This this kind of thing where the president of the United States and the government that you know the 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 uh, two houses of Congress that he controls are all under the you know all under the thumb of basically a fucking lunatic and a guy who is a a has at least pitched himself as a a, a paleo conservative, mm. someone who is only out for himself and doesn't give a about anybody else, and you know whose vice president promises to roll back LGBT. Um, uh, advances and and a guy who's a racist and a xenophobe that's fucking oppression yeah that's oppression yep. that's governmental oppression that's right and uh by the way i was just looking at some numbers here uh the margin in wisconsin twenty-seven thousand votes michigan yep. seventeen thousand votes you know what the margin for jill stein was in wisconsin do i even need to say it Thir- 30,000 votes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 30,000 votes. And this, is, and this is what it comes down to for me. As far as I'm con- that's why. As far as I'm concerned, it's Nader again. And by the way, one thing I don't want to fucking hear, I don't want to fucking hear it. I do not want to fucking hear it. I don't want to hear about how Clinton was a flawed candidate. No. You know what? Clinton was an astonishingly good candidate. Yeah. She was amazingly competent, yeah. amazingly smart, somebody who knew her. Somebody who would have who was prepared. Somebody who would have been an astonishingly good president. You know, we I s- don't want to hear that just because she didn't tickle your fucking, you know, scratch you under the chin and tickle your feels, <laughs> that somehow she wasn't qualified or she was she was flawed. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, um, this was really uh, what happens, and I think we, you know, we we mentioned this on the show a couple of weeks ago, at least, is that. Um, you know, men have controlled the world for most of civilization. There have been some matriarchal societies along the way, but for the most part, men have controlled the world, and and many of those men have been white men. And when you're faced with the idea that someone who doesn't look like you and have the same parts as you and the same values as you because of your gender or whatever, the same life experiences, and that person is the... uh, is the first of many who are going to take your top shelf leadership away. This is what happens. We get cartoon dictator. This is again, I mean, the legacy of men throughout society. I mean, I'm not going to turn this on a necessarily attack on men, but the legacy of men throughout society is throughout the history of uh, civilization has been to make horrible decisions like this. I mean, how many times, how many times, and then you look at the specifics. How many things? What was it that Donald Trump could have said that would have dis- utterly disqualified him, turned off all of these raging people, all of these uh, rageaholics, these poorly educated from backing away? And what we know now, and what, what makes this further bizarre to look at, is that the North is no longer safe. The blue states are no longer safe. You know, there has to be some other way forward at this point. There's going to be change among the Democrats. There's going to be certainly the change among Republicans is happening now. We're witnessing it. It's not just Bible-thumping rednecks in Kansas anymore. We're talking about uh, Rust Belt, uh, middle-class, working-class Americans, white Americans, 
who are now part of the Republican coalition somehow. Whereas before, you know, there was uh, watching the map come, uh, watching the results come through. There were so many, so many counties in those states, Pennsylvania, uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, so many counties that were carried easily by Barack Obama four years ago, eight years ago, and fell to Donald Trump this year. Shows you the, uh, again, shows you what white guys will do when you start to take away their power. They will, they'll do anything. They'll do anything to make sure that that doesn't happen. And here we are. Here we are. Um, I have no idea what he'll, and you you know, the other thing to keep in mind, and this is, you know, I know that uh, uh, Eric Bullard from, Media Matters mentioned this last night, and and this is you know I talked about it yesterday because I wanted so badly to be able to spit it back in their faces, and and of course it, it didn't come to pass. But uh, I'm I'm one of the things that offends me most is the fact that there was so much working against her. There was WikiLeaks. Yeah. There was Russia. Mm-hmm. There was the FBI, rogue agents at the FBI, all yeah. of this. And this, these are not conspiracy theories. This is a fact. Men, men, you men, know, men. I hate conspiracy yeah. theories. And this is an absolute fact. There are these, all of these people who worked so hard to make sure that she didn't become president for some fucking reason. And again, in addition to the third party assholes, who, by the way, I remember I included in that piece that I wrote about all that Hillary Clinton was up against a couple of weeks back. This is, this is on them. And, and the sad thing is... You know, you can kind of beat down those voters, you know, because they're here. You can say, you know what, you go f- yourself. But you can't do that to WikiLeaks. You can't do that to Russia because yeah. that's the thing. They were always bad actors operating outside of the political sphere, operating in a, in a place where they couldn't be held accountable. And we still can't. This was an election that was swung by people who had no business swinging an election. People who had no business meddling in American politics. Yep, that's right, because they don't understand it. They think, ah, you know what, everything's going to be okay if we just bring in this guy, because, I mean, how much worse could it be? Not having a full perspective in terms of the fact that everything is is actually improving and, and much better than it was eight years ago. I mean, people, I can't believe it. People said to themselves, am I better off than I was eight years ago? And their answer was no. No. Eight years ago, we were in the midst of the deepest recession since the Great Depression. I call it the Great Recession. It was f***ed beyond belief. Um, Jesus Christ. We have a David Duke. David f***ing Duke. Yeah, David Duke. taking a victory lap. Yeah, Alex Jones. Taking Alex a victory lap. Jones, David Duke. The, you know, the, all of 4chan, these are the people, this, these are the people this asshole represents. Mm-hmm. And I just, this is one of the reasons why, I mean, look, I'm here, I'm here today and, and I will keep writing, but this is one of the reasons why I just, there is that part of me right now that just doesn't want to do this. That just, you know what? Like, I know I'm seeing people on Facebook, don't give up the fight. You know what? F- you. Yeah. I've been doing this since you've been doing it longer than I have, but I've been doing this since 2006. And I'm just tired. Yeah. I'm just, you know, if, if, 
if I could, I would just do my television job in the land of make-believe and just ignore everything else. But, you know, we have uh, we have a – and this is so bizarre to sit here and say this. And I – if this is not intended as being a pat on our, our backs or anything along those lines. But I'm just observing the fact that we've been through – something similar to this. We've been through the Bush years, and while the Trump years are certainly planning, uh, looking as if they're going to be uh, much worse than the George W. Bush years, we kind of have a sense uh, in terms of what it's going to be like, what we're up against, what, um, what the darkness will reveal. And uh, th- there's, a, there's a scene in the West Wing, I, I forget what season it was, where Leo McGarry is talking to Josh, and uh, Josh is dealing with the uh, post-traumatic stress of, uh, of being shot. Right. And uh, Leo tells a story about a guy who falls into a hole. Guy falls into this pit, and uh, a priest walks by, and the guy says, hey, can you help me out? And the priest throws a prayer down, uh, scribbled on a piece of paper, throws a prayer down. Then a... Uh, uh, a doctor comes walking by the pit. So the guy screams up, hey, hey, doc, can you help me out? And doctor writes a prescription, throws it down the hole. Um, then uh, this guy's friend walks by and he says, hey, buddy, hey, uh, I recognize you. We're friends. Hey, can you help me out? And the friend jumps into the pit with the guy. He said, what the hell are you doing? You jumped in the pit with me. Why, why are you doing this? He said, yeah, I'm in the pit with you, but I've been here before and I know the way out. Mm. There's a... Uh, I think there's a, a responsibility that those of us who have, have a uh, public voice, um, I think, to, to muster what we can to provide that uh, guidance, uh, that, that kind of uh, whatever wisdom we were able to attain during the Bush years. I think it's time to, uh, to dust that off and, and apply that now. God, I would, I would kill for the Bush years. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because again, it was just the disagreement was on policy and, and basic competence. We didn't know. We didn't sit here and think, oh my God, what horrendous thing that we can't even begin to predict that George W. Bush is going to do. Is he going to start arresting members of Congress? I don't know. He's, I don't know. He's capable of any of that. Bush was not, Bush was not unfit to lead. Unfit. Yeah. yeah. I disagreed with him and I thought he was intellectually incurious and he was, you know, he made so many mistakes. But I didn't think that he was unfit to be president. And, and, and that's, that's, it's so true. And it's, it's so amazing. That's, that's God. I'm so glad you mentioned that because that is something that has been rattling around in my head. One of the millions of things rattling around in my head right now is that, uh, boy, does this perspective on the Bush years. And to know that someone like Karl Rove was one of those vocal opponents of the Donald Trump candidacy yeah. will hopefully continue to be. Funny where you find um, allies. I, I did see, you know what I did? I'm, God, I'm really hoping, I'm crossing my fingers here. Mm-hmm. But I did see that even before the election returns came in, I saw that, uh, that John Kasich had scheduled some kind of news conference for like Thursday, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that he tries to be sort of the defiant voice of sanity in the Republican Party. I really hope so. Because yeah. we need it. Yeah. I mean, again, as I, I kept saying, we need to find our friends where we can get them. And if that means uh, aligning with uh, rational Republicans who we may disagree on on policy in order to stop Trump's more heinous agenda items, then that's what we have to do. We have to do this. Again, there, there are midterms coming up. We can, 
We can win back Congress and block Trump that way. We can block Trump using the filibuster. And you know what? Filibuster the goddamn Supreme Court nominees that are going to come in. Filibuster what you have to filibuster in, in order to preserve any remaining semblance of the progress that was made during the Barack Obama years. Because uh, once we start to overturn all of that and we start to replace it with um, God only knows what Trump conservatism is going to look like in practice. Hey, by the way, you want uh, want to see something fun? Go to yescalifornia.org. Yes, California. Oh, did they uh, legalize marijuana in California? It's not that. It's not that. It's a it's a push to get uh, to for California to to uh, secede. <laughs> See now, that's the other thing is there. I mean, there were. Like, I, I don't. I can't. It's like I can't allow that because I yeah. spent so long bitching. Actually, no. You know what? I kind of can allow it because I spent so long bitching about how how Texas needs to actually leave. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Uh, recreational marijuana now legal in uh, in California. Well, thank uh, God. Medical. What's I mean, that? for fuck's sake, medical marijuana was legalized in Florida. I know. This is such a disconnect. Michigan went to the Republican candidate after a re- a Republican governor and a Republican mayor destroyed the entire water system of an entire town, yeah. Flint, Michigan. And they went with the Republican anyway. If that doesn't scream out, angry men lashing out at the woman, at the black guy. I don't know what yeah. does. I mean, the only thing that could possibly rationalize this choice by half of voters is that basic, uh, uh, I guess, backlash against what we've had so far. And while there will be many more analyses, and certainly we will have them, that is my first reaction. I reserve the right to adjust that or alter it or completely abandon it. But that is, that is what I'm looking at right now. By the way, um, we're coming up on uh, a few minutes away from wrapping up the, the free part of the show. Uh, but I did want to get into um, the Clintons themselves. Uh, apparently here, uh, Hillary Clinton said during her speech this morning, this is painful and it will be for a long time. And it's going to be painful for her. It's going to be painful for the Clintons. It's going to be painful for the people in her inner circle. If I were the Clintons last night, I mean, that's what I kept thinking about. Like, what is it like in the Clinton inner circle last night? I mean, certainly not at the top of my list of priorities, but it was in there. I mean, you got to think of everything. These things, you know, you can't keep neurons from firing, and this was the case. Um, are they lawyering up? Are, are they worried about being, are they finding a non-extradition country to go to? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? The sh- that went on in 2009 remember when uh or even in 2007 after the democrats took over congress after the 2006 midterms lots of talk about investigate the investigating the the bush administration uh certainly after 2009 go after the bush administration for war crimes etc frog march carl road blah 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 um that can actually happen now barack obama understood the the nature of American democracy and the continuity of leadership and understood that it would be a bad idea to start investigating prior leadership. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because politics shouldn't be criminal. But, and plus, you set a precedent. I, I mean, American government, what holds together our rules and our laws and our, and our constitution is a hell of a lot of tradition. And one of those traditions is 
you don't investigate the previous president and try to indict them. Do you think for a second that Donald Trump has any regard for that tradition? This is going to be, Donald Trump is going to exact revenge. He's going to investigate the Obama administration. He's going to investigate Hillary Clinton, if not try to arrest her. Basically, anyone, anyone who ever wronged him, he now has the, the uh, power, the authority, the apparatus. Yeah. Apparati? Apparatuses? Whatever. Apparatus. Let's go to, with apparatuses. To, let's go apparatuses. Yes, fine. To, to exact an incalculable, mm. incalculable vengeance. Yeah. And that has been his MO for his entire career. That will be his MO as president. I mean, you have to imagine. You have to put all the puzzle pieces together. This is Donald Trump, who has low class, no taste, uh, who is vulgar in every way, he shape, is, and form, every definition of the term. vulgarity personified. That's right. He's the uh, sh- short-fingered vulgarian. And so in that regard, Donald Trump is capable of anything. He, there is no internal cooling saucer in Donald Trump's head. There is no moderating voice in Donald Trump's head. His advisors had to take away his Twitter access. Yeah. So this is why, I mean, when I think of stories like that, this is why I keep going back to the idea that, uh, that whoever is prepared, whatever public figure, whatever form of leadership is out there who is going to stand against Donald Trump, those people... D- demand, you know, entirely require our support. It is mandatory that normal, rational, reasonable uh, people who understand the way the system works, who understand the stakes of all of this, stand against this man and make sure he is not able. You know, if he goes through and he's he's going to propose a uh, you know a half a percentage point tax cut for uh, the middle income tax bracket. And of course, let that you let that go, right? If he's going to do something that is inherently well, you know that's not too bad. But what that is going to be few and far between. What we are going to see predominantly are crazy things. Yeah, I know. A crazy legislation, like what the f- is that even all about? Is that even is that even an idea? That is that a thing that people wanted? <sighs> all right, so that is. Uh, that is the uh, that is the free show. We're gonna we're gonna wrap up here. Um, we will be back to having normal shows once we get back from uh, next week's break. There will be an after party on Friday. Kimberly Johnson, who is uh, runs the Daily Banter Facebook page, has her own podcast and uh, and writes for Liberals Unite and Huffington Post, will be joining me on the after party, filling in for Chez. Um, and uh, and and once we get back, you know. Um, Hopefully getting uh, plenty of rest. I hope you get some rest, my friend, mm. in the process of, uh, got of, a lot of work continuing your work. Mind. Yeah, because when we get back, we've got a big fight ahead. We've got a, a long way to go and a lot of things to do to make sure that this guy uh, doesn't get what he wants, that he is blocked. And I know I'm risking sounding like uh, the Republicans did in 2009, but anyone who makes that false comparison that false equivalence doesn't understand the stakes 
of what this is. Because this, again, this is not about Barack Obama pro- proposing infrastructure spending in the stimulus. This is about a guy who is going to make horrendous decisions from top to bottom. I mean, outside the realm of the mainstream, passing a stimulus package is completely normal. Having czars, completely normal, as we as we covered extensively. By the way, this is the end of the uh, the free show. We'll see you uh, uh, on the after party. We'll see you in, in uh, a little over a week with more uh, of the show. Let's start the uh, postmortem show right now.